I'm A.J. Mickle with Mickle Brothers Farm in Damon, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Terry Martin. Hello, Texas. Time once again for another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me, buckle up, and let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we've about wrapped up wheat planting here for this new crop, but there are still a few acres yet to be planted. And with an $8 price out there for this new crop, that might be incentive to go ahead and get those last few acres in the ground. But there may be more to it than just an $8 price. We'll have that story coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Current market conditions could make the case for choosing the ARC program over PLC for 2022. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. Conditions for cotton harvest have been optimal as West Texas farmers get closer to completion. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Two state legislators were honored by Texas Farm Bureau Ag Fund in Corpus Christi last weekend. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll visit with one of those lawmakers coming up on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Most of the Texas wheat crop is now in the ground, but there are still a few farmers that haven't quite finished planting yet. John Paul Deneen of Waxahachie is one of those. Well, we're still trying to kind of catch up on the wheat there a little bit. Running a little bit behind, but you know, we'd, we'd like to have it in the ground already. Got a few days before the planting deadline, see if we can get it up. We've still got good moisture in the ground. Had some little small rains in through there, so I think it'll come up. Deneen says $8 wheat is a big incentive to get those acres planted. But there's more to it than just price. Well, um, to be honest with you, you know, the price is good. That kind of incentivizes a little bit. But to be all honest, uh, more so it is the unknown of the availability of, you know, crop aid products in the spring for the spring crop, unknown of fertilizer in the spring for those spring crops. Um, thinking it's a little safer bet maybe to have some more wheat rather than, than a big spring crop when you don't know if you're going to be able to get all of the, your tools to take care of that crop. Deneen says he's facing the same challenges that every other Texas farmer is facing with rising input costs and shortages of parts and supplies. One of the biggest shortages that farmers across the country are facing is with fertilizer. It is no secret that U.S. farmers are dealing with higher than normal fertilizer and input costs this year. And it looks like that problem isn't going away anytime soon. According to a new report from CoBank's Knowledge Exchange, fertilizer prices are expected to remain elevated for at least the next six months and through the 2022 spring planting season. 
The report says fertilizer prices are higher due to nitrogen production challenges, tight global supplies, rising natural gas costs, and steady demand. While some have speculated the rising cost of fertilizer will lead farmers to switch from corn to soybean acres in the coming year, CoBank's report forecasts soybean acreage will only rise nominally and will not exceed corn acreage in the coming year. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. A Williamson County couple has been named the Outstanding Young Farmers and Ranchers in Texas. Travis and Kaylin Isbell were named the winners of the Texas Farm Bureau's 2021 Outstanding Young Farmer and Rancher Award at the organization's 88th annual meeting over the weekend in Corpus Christi. The Isbells raise commercial cattle, stocker cattle, and dorper sheep on their ranch outside of Florence. They also grow hay and winter oats and have a custom hay business. Current market conditions could make the case for choosing ARC over PLC for 2022. James Hunt takes a look at why that may be the case. The election and enrollment period is now open for the agriculture risk coverage and price loss coverage programs, but at the moment farmers do have some time to mull over which of those two programs to go with for 2022. The deadline for making a decision is not until March 15th, and a special resource to assist producers will soon be available from the Agricultural and Food Policy Center at Texas A&M. The center's co-director, Bart Fisher, told me he and his colleagues are currently doing some analysis before posting a decision aid on the center's website that will help farmers calculate whether ARC or PLC works best for them. In the meantime, Dr. Fisher notes that farmers will likely be making their choice this time against the backdrop of some fairly strong commodity prices. Depending on the crop, PLC may not be projected to pay anything, and so in some cases that may make ARC a little more appealing. But like I said, we're just now starting to look into that. And the one thing I always remind producers is that particularly if you elect ARC, there's a lot of overlap with crop insurance. And what you do on ARC and PLC can affect crop insurance decisions, so certainly be mindful of that in making those calls. When the ARC PLC decision aid is posted on the Ag and Food Policy Center website, we'll let you know. Something else to let you know, as winter meeting season gets going, a couple of Texas A&M AgriLife events are coming up next week in our area, both of them on Tuesday, December 14th. They are the Armstrong County Fall Producers Meeting in Claude and an estate planning workshop hosted by the Randall County Extension Office in Canyon. Again, both events are Tuesday, December 14th. If you need more information, contact the Extension Service. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Conditions for wrapping up cotton harvest have been great in West Texas. Tom Nicoletti goes to the Lubbock area for an update. We now go to West Texas and Eddie Griffiths joins us for his report on uh, agricultural activities in that region of the state. And here we are, Eddie, at the beginning of December. How does uh, the cotton crop look like up there? Well, it's looking like a lot of it is uh, disappearing, Tom. We've had some really good weather to get this crop out of the field. We received moisture right after Thanksgiving that delayed things for a day or two but as far as harvest conditions they've been optimal here in West Texas and I would say we're getting close to 85-90% harvested and I think the only delay here in West Texas possibly could be the uh, classing office there's been some hiccups there trying to get grades back to producers so they can collect on that crop but overall as far as getting it out of the field producers have been moving really quick just like ants out there getting it out of the field and into modules or round bales and now it's just up to the gins to get it through the gin and into a bale so 
farmers can, can collect a check on it. What about those grades on the cotton, uh, Eddie? Uh, what are the pr- projections as far as quality? The quality overall seems like it's been pretty good, Tom. I mean, there have been some concerns with uh, low migrant air, and I, I think there were probably some concerns as we went into this harvest that there would be a few problems just because the crop was delayed. And, and we're kind of in that situation again right now that we went into planting last year. I mean, I mentioned we got a little bit of rain right after Thanksgiving, but as you will remember last year, we went a good length of time without any moisture and then late into the planting season, we finally got moisture and, and kept getting moisture and that helped push this crop along, but it was late. So when you start seeing a late crop, you can start seeing some of those problems with grades. The uh, fall has been open. The, this crop pretty well has been able to mature as much as possible, but because of the late start, you, you can see some grade problems. That is Eddie Griffiths uh, with uh, his report from Lubbock on the South Plains. Thanks, Eddie. Thank you, Tom. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Two state legislators were honored by the Texas Farm Bureau Ag Fund in Corpus Christi last weekend. Gary Joyner visits with a state senator who received the honor. I'm with State Senator Lois Colcourse, who's been honored tonight as a champion of Texas agriculture. What does an award like this mean to you? Oh, it's really, truly probably one of the highest honors I've ever received in serving in the Texas legislature. The Farm Bureau is such a grassroots organization and has great clout not only in our state but in our nation. And so to be honored uh, by uh, the Texas Farm Bureau, it's going to be, you know, one of my real highlights of my career. And I know that we've worked very hard on eminent domain reform and many other issues that are important uh, to uh, the membership of the Farm Bureau. And I, w- I just want to say that it's taken a long time to move the ball, but uh, the stick to uh, with your membership and the Farm Bureau being behind us might have taken us six, seven years to get this passed, but we finally did, and it's a great start. Property rights is a personal issue to you. It is. You know, uh, in Texas, it's something that we hold dear. And in our nation, it's what separates us from the other nations is the ability for an individual to own property. And it doesn't mean that you have to inherit it. It doesn't mean that you have to be rich, that we have the ability to have our own our own portion of the world. And those private property rights keep government or private entities from taking it through eminent domain processes. Protecting uh, the landowner is extremely important, and it is personal to me. Um, You know, I've grown up in rural Texas, and uh, there's just nothing more sacred, and I believe that much of our freedoms flow from our ability to own land in our nation. As a Texas state grows with more population becoming more urban, some of those rural values and those rural cultures uh, become even more important to protect. They do. And, you know, you don't have to live in rural Texas to value uh, things that Texans have always held dear. Uh, you know, you may own property in, in, in inside of a, a city. Private property rights are important to you. You own property. And uh, so I think that much of the values of, of Texas through the decades and, you know, now, you know, century plus, Uh, are important and you can see that difference across our nation. There's a reason that Texas is growing, that companies are moving here, that people are fleeing other states where they don't have these freedoms and their ability to own land and to have affordable land. So I just want to encourage everybody that listens to, you know, really study the history of Texas and then to understand what values and what we hold dear and why Texas is this state that everyone looks to as the leader 
in so many of the issues, whether it's agriculture, again, uh, a state that leads in freedom and individual uh, and, and freedom and, and self-responsibility. I, I'm just so proud to be a fifth-generation Texan and raising my kids here in this great state. State Senator Lois Colcourse with TFB Radio Network's Gary Joyner. There are several ways that you can help improve habitat for wildlife on your property. I'm Jessica Dolmo, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And prussic acid can be a deadly concern for Texas cattle producers at this time of year. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. If you have any type of sorghum, Sudan grasses on your place at this time of year, prussic acid can be a deadly concern for you. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd tells why. A lot of cattle producers have some warm season grasses in their pastures, like Johnson grass or other sorghums. And some have volunteer sorghum that comes up in planted wheat or oat pastures. Prussic acid builds up in these plants when the plant is under drought conditions or after a light frost. We have already had a frost in central Texas, so this is the time of year to be concerned about prussic acid poisoning. Prussic acid poisoning is a serious poison that usually leads to death in cattle as it is a form of cyanide poisoning. Paul Beck at Drovers.com indicates the cyanide is absorbed through the rumen wall into the circulation and the cyanide combines with hemoglobin in the red blood cells, preventing oxygen from being released. The animals actually die from suffocation due to lack of oxygen to the tissues, and the animal's blood will have a bright red cherry color. This is in contrast to nitrate poisoning, in which the red blood cells cannot take up oxygen, and the blood will be a dark chocolate brown color. Symptoms of both are similar, including anxiety, weakness, labored breathing, and death. In many cases, the first sign you will see is a pasture full of dead cattle, as prussic acid poisoning kills very quickly. Prussic acid is higher in young plants and higher in leaves than stems, so young volunteer plants have the highest level of prussic acid. The best thing to do is to send plants in your pasture to the lab for testing for prussic acid. And there is a special method of doing this. In general, do not graze drought-stressed plants or plants that are less than 30 inches tall for two weeks after a freeze or when you get a rain after a drought. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There are several ways you can help improve wildlife habitat on your property. Jessica Domel tells how in today's Wildlife Report. This time of year, as you may be looking for the perfect holiday gift for a friend or a loved one, you might want to consider a gift to the wildlife on your property, Better Habitat. Thomas Yonke, coordinating wildlife biologist and prescribed fire coordinator for Quail Forever, says there are several ways, including using a prescribed burn, to improve wildlife habitat. 
Aldo Leopold's five basic tools, that's who we consider the father of wildlife management. And he talks about five tools being the axe, the cow, the plow, fire, and gun. So basically you can do mechanical treatment, herbicidal treatment, using livestock as grazing or management tools, fire, and harvesting animals. Yonke said which tools you use and the best time of year to use them really should depend on your goals. Fire comes into play as one of those great natural prescriptions or management tools available to us. If your goals may be to have an increase of your warm season grasses and really promoting grazing for livestock, typically those cool season burns or the burns happening after the freeze or the grass and vegetation is dormant, but prior to the spring green up is most beneficial. It kind of cleans out all that old material and does a nice ecological reset and just gives us some nice potash and, and nutrient load and basically natural fertilizer to those plants when they start growing in the spring. If by chance you're wanting to promote more of the forbs or the flowering plants or weeds, a late summer or fall burn tends to be more beneficial. That was Thomas Yonke with Quail Forever. We'll have more with him on our next show. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. The pullback continued in the cattle futures market on Wednesday, but we saw a slight increase in cotton prices. We'll update all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. It's been a tough year. As a farmer or rancher, you know life in agriculture is often stressful. Things like the economy, finances, weather, and even a pandemic increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. With a demanding workload, it seems that there isn't room for the soft stuff, like talking about feelings. Yet, talking about the hard times can be one of the best ways to manage this stress. Although we can't always control or choose our circumstances, we can control and choose how we respond to them. Sometimes that response looks like asking for help. Some would say the best quality of a farmer or rancher is their independent spirit. But what is agriculture without its community? A force of helpers, neighbors, extension, Farm Bureau members, friends, counselors, and pastors. We are stronger together. Find someone you can talk to. Find the help you need. The Southwest Ag Center is working with the Texas Department of Agriculture to identify stress assistance and resources. Visit swagcenter.org stress to learn more. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. A lower close in both the cattle and wheat markets on Wednesday, but corn and cotton both closed mixed. We'll start with the cattle market. We've seen it drift lower as we've moved throughout this week. On Wednesday, December live cattle down 67 cents to close at 137.55. February down 55 cents, 138.67. April live cattle down 57 at 141.87. Same story on the feeder market. January feeder cattle down $1.62 at 163.40. March feeder cattle down $1.60, 165.87, April down $1.70 at $168.50. Cash-fed cattle market still all quiet for the week. The feedlots are asking $144 to $145 this week. However, packers have not stepped up to meet that price. So far, no sales to report. We did have the online fed cattle exchange on Wednesday morning. They listed a total of 1,849 head. However, none of those cattle sold, so no sales there to report as well. Boxed beef prices were lower Wednesday. Choice down 79 cents, 264.24. Select down $1.10 at 254.58. 
Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pins with Larry Marble. When you hear the auctioneer sound off, it's time to head to Three Rivers, Live Oak Livestock in Live Oak County. Talk to Riley Rhodes about the sale he has every Monday. Riley, how was this one? Had a good day. Ended up with 1,749 head. Called the Packer cows and bulls uh, four to six higher. The lightweight calves were better, too. They're probably four to eight higher. Most of the big calves and yearlings uh, were fully steady to four higher. We did have some stocker cows today. Pairs anywhere from 825 up to 1350. The bred cows from 775 up to 12 and a quarter. Packer cows a good bit higher today, 66 to 74 on your high yielding cows. 62 to 70 on your breakers. 28 to 58 on your canners. Bulls a little bit better as well. 86 to 92 on your high yielding bulls, 72 to 86 on your low to medium yielding bulls. The two to three weight choice steers, 174 to 196, heifer mates 140 to 164. Three to four weight choice steers, 168 to 188, heifer mates 138 to 156. Four to five weight choice steers, 152 to 178, heifer mates 132 to 154. Five to six weight choice steers, 144 to 168, heifer mates 132 to 150. Six to seven weight choice steers, 138 to 152, heifer mates 122 to 134. And seven to eight weight choice steers, 128 to 142, and heifer mates 120 to 132. One more sale after this one? Or? Yes, sir, this is it. It falls short a little bit this year. The, our last sale of the year will be next Monday, December the 13th, and then we'll be back open on January the 3rd. We'll tell everybody how to get a hold of you. 361-786-2553 is the office. 361-813-6650 is the cell. Livelivestock.com is the web. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report for today. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs close lower. December hogs down $1.25 at $70.82. February down $0.50, cents, $76.05. Class 3 milk was mixed. January milk up 20 cents, 1974, 100 weight. The cotton and corn markets both fairly quiet as traders were prepping ahead of the Thursday USDA crop production and supply and demand report. March cotton closed 35 points higher, 106.72. The May up 28 at 105.32. New crop December cotton down 4 points, 89.74 cents. December corn down 1.5, 584 and 3 quarters. New crop September corn up a quarter penny, 565 and three quarters. The wheat market, however, did see a sharp drop. It looks like traders are expecting to see an increase in both the Canadian and Australian wheat crop estimates in the Thursday USDA report. So that put some pressure on the wheat market on Wednesday. July Kansas City wheat down 11 and three quarters, 806 and a half. July Chicago wheat down 10 and three quarters. At 790 and three quarters. In the energy markets, January natural gas up 11 cents, 382. January crude oil up 33, 72, 38 a barrel. The financial markets slightly higher Wednesday afternoon. The Dow up 10 points at 35,730. The Nasdaq up 72, 15,758. The SP up 8 at 4,695. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website, at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.